1: Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA USLRC. Wendy's new Breakfast 2 for $3 Biggie Bundles let you create your own delicious combo. Choose from a sausage biscuit, egg and cheese biscuit, small seasoned potatoes, and a medium hot coffee. But it's obvious which combo's the best. Sausage biscuit and small seasoned potatoes. Well, maybe it's the fresh-cracked egg and cheese biscuit with a medium-hot coffee. Or two savory sausage biscuits. Yeah, uh, whichever you pick, you can't go wrong. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new two-for-three-dollar Biggie bundles. Limited time only. U.S. price participation may vary. Not valid in a combo. Single item at regular price.
2: And tonight on PM Express, a conversation about Ghana's ability to receive the next tranche of um, money to be given to rates by the IMF. Uh, of course, I'm sure you followed the, uh, the press conference uh, that the IMF actually addressed and said that we're doing well. We're looking forward to getting an additional at $600 and also subsequent installments of this loan in 2024 all through to 2026. You must have also followed the IMF's review of Ghana's performance so far. And by now, you must also know that Ghana's ability to receive the rest of the tranches hinges on a successful external debt restructuring, particularly with big bilateral creditors like Ghana and the Paris Club. Tonight, We'll focus on why it has been difficult for Ghana to get its creditors, especially China, to move from the assurance stage to the approval stage, with Ghana owing the superpower China nearly $2 billion, including a substantial $619 million collateralized debt. Now, how do we fast track this process? government is optimistic it will be able to receive the second tranche end of this year. But credit rating agencies, including Fitch, think it's only possible in the second quarter of next year. What's our reality? Let me share a few statistics with you. Maybe we would get the answer to our question. So this is the debt. I mean, the total debt is $52.3 billion uh, uh, dollars and then $29.4 to external uh, that's the external component, and then $22.4 billion for domestic components. You also have followed the news of the domestic debt restructuring, which has given us almost $10 billion, which is, um, let's say, almost half of the $22.4 billion. Where we are right now is how to get our external creditors to also restructure. And of course, that is where the contention has been. And so... We know that as we speak, we are at the um, level where we've been given assurance. We need to move from assurance stage to the next stage, which is approval. Are we there yet? Why are we delaying? So this is it. If you look at the domestic data exchange, this is how it's been. And in August, the IMF um, uh, published an article, and it's actually described our um, status. It says that our round, round one of the uh, domestic debt exchange program is complete. Now round two is incomplete, and you you may recall that I mean recently uh, those uh, pension bondholders and other bondholders were were asked to come back for another round of restructuring and there were some fuss about it. So that is still incomplete. Now there's the round three bit, which is also another restructuring that they have rejected. So if you look at that, it's been pending. And so the question now is, will there be more rounds? Listening to the IMF and also looking at the article they published in August, will there be more rounds? In fact, the IMF suggests that there would be more rounds of domestic debt exchange programs. Now now look at the external debt restructuring. The first one, which is the assurance uh, from all these uh, bilateral, uh, multilateral, um, the commercial creditors, all of them giving you the assurance. So that is complete. The next one is to get to the agreement stage. That is pending, and then the actual restructuring that also is pending, and this is how it looks like. And the reason people are saying China may be the missing piece, China alone we owe China alone 1.9 billion. That is aside the uh, collateralized debt. Uh, that we have. Now, that's, this is also Paris Club, which also has $2 billion. So you look at this, and the moment, the moment China uh, leaves, it means that all of this will be coming at us because all these people, the others who have, uh, we owe $3.8 billion, the multilateral components, which is $8.8 billion, and the euro bond, which is $13.4 billion. All of these people are just silent Looking at what China will do, then they take a cue from China. Remember, all of them do not have any collateral agreement with Ghana, except China, who we owe $1.9 billion. Will China still be the determining factor? It is something we want to know, and we'll be getting to know. According to the IMF, in August, that article I talked about, The IMF said, regarding official bilateral debt, the next step is for the Official Creditor Committee for Ghana under the G20 Common Framework to reach an agreement with authorities, that is Ghana, on the specific modalities of how official creditors intend to deliver that relief consistent with fund program parameters. Ghana is also engaging with their private creditors to seek relief on their external debt. Again, the question is, are we seeking the relief on the interest or the principal? These are some of the questions we'll be uh, asking and also try to get answers. So these are the interest payments servicing in 2023. For domestic, we're paying this amount $2 billion and then external $3 billion. So it's like, if they agree, they could decide to just let all these go uh, if the ex- external debtors agree, they could just allow you to pay instead of three billion, one, pay one billion, or decide to take it off at all. But we're saying, is it the interest we're going to be asking for the creditors to give us a relief, or the principal? We'll be looking at that. So, in all, this is Ghana's balance of payment financing gap between 2023 to 2026. And you look at the gap, it's 15.05 billion. The support we're getting from IMF is 3 billion. It's just 3 billion we're getting from the IMF. The World Bank is also supporting us with the 1.55 billion. If you take this and add to the 3 billion, you'll be left with a balance of 10.5 billion. Question again remains, how do we get this 10.5 billion, where are we getting it from to deal with this uh, challenge? So uh, tonight there are a lot of questions that we need answers to and we'll be trying to get those answers tonight. And we're asking, why the delay? My guest tonight, Professor uh, Bokwe, right. So before I introduce to you my guest, this is what the Ghana's mission chief, Stefan Rodei, Uh, said this week. He said, just like we got the financing assurance before Ghana secured, the IMF program, this financing agreement from the external creditors is needed before the IMF board approves the first program review. Alright? So, he says that we got the assurance first from the external creditors, and that is why we had the first tranche of $600 uh, billion. Now, We need an agreement. We need to move from assurance to agreement. Then we can get the next tranche and the subsequent ones. Where are we with this external debt restructuring? Tonight, we ask why the delay? My guest tonight, Professor Godfrey Buckwin, is an economist and professor of finance at the University of Ghana Business School. Kojo Pongkoma will also be joining us. He's information minister and member of the Finance Committee of Parliament. John Abdullahi Jinapo, who is also a member of the Finance Committee of Parliament, an MP for Yapekosogo, will be joining us. Dr. Richard Etwahine is a banking consultant. He would also be joining this conversation. Let's have a conversation after this break.
0: And he tee-ups
1: someone in red. In it goes to one. Yeah. Yeah. Do not say! That's you what you're going for. I can five champions. You want to rule. i be the a real good, Sam. Sam, I'm a real good. You're not my good. You're not Who is the goat? Ghana <laughs> jollof or Nigerian jollof? Ghana
2: jollof has no equal smell a Oh, my God. Oh, you too, they lie, eh? Now, they say you when they use Google and then they go put a photo. Hey. Chancel, you are lying. Get that not jollof.
0: Forget
1: everybody, yeah. My guy. You, Ninja, you put some respect on the goat. On oh, the goat? The only goat I know lives in Tama. Every year, we give to you back to Ba, 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 ba. We are talking about beauty. I wasn't idea to be the goat, oh my guy. he be the goat. Though <laughs> so our choice of goats may differ in football, music, and jollof, Alumu always brings us together. Alumo experience greatness in every moment. <laughs> Drink responsibly. Not for sale to persons under 18. Not recommended to pregnant women. This advert is FDA approved. About one-third of a million people live with HIV in Ghana. Close to 10,000 of them die each year, mostly as a result of a lack of antiretroviral drugs
3: and adherence. In fact, close to 57% of children under 14 years living with HIV do not receive antiretroviral drugs. Again, as a result of inadequate funds to provide them with medication,
4: life expectancy for these children is grim. The big worry: close to 16,300 people are newly infected with HIV each year. With this alarming rate of HIV infections, all of us are in danger. And Ghana is headed for an epidemic explosion if nothing is done now to avert it. While the Ghana AIDS Commission is working hard to overturn the situation, the commission urgently needs funding support from corporate Ghana and individuals to save lives. We're therefore appealing to you, corporate entities and individuals, to support the National HIV and AIDS Fund by dialing star 9898 hash, on MTN and Vodafone and follow the prompts or pay into the National HIV and AIDS Fund account number 101-863-161-3233, Bank of Ghana. Your donation will be used to prevent new infections and provide care for people living with HIV, including children affected by AIDS. For further information, please call Ghana AIDS Commission on 0302-919260 or email info at ghanaids.gov.gh. Give to save a life today. Ghana AIDS Commission, partnering to eliminate HIV
1: and AIDS ladies and gentlemen we're going to demonstrate to you the superior properties of flamingo paint as compared to other paint brands on the market we take equal quantities of flamingo paint and this ordinary paint we then dilute them with water and now let the test begin the gentleman on the left is going to apply the ordinary paint and the gentleman on my right will use the flamingo superior paint as you can clearly see
4: Daddy, Daddy, uh, this tank is big!
5: Yes, that's true.
4: It can store a lot of water. That's
1: so true.
4: Wow, it has a walking sort of hmm
5: that's so true.
4: I can see S-I- mm-hmm. mm-hmm. S-I-N-T-E-S, sink That
1: is so true, my daughter. But it's further into
4: spiral. That's not true.
1: But why. Yay! Hey. <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double-layer tongues in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana.
2: Syntex give- this week at Macy's, find your signature fall look with big savings on incredible specials, like 30 to 50% off cool-weather coats for him and her. 40 to 60 percent off designer suits and blazers he can dress up or down and 30 to 40 percent off the season's must-have boots and shoes during the great shoe sale or use your coupon or macy's card and take an extra 20 percent off more great deals at macy's savings off sale and clearance prices exclusions apply
1: Wendy's new breakfast two for three dollar Biggie bundles let you create your own delicious combo. Choose from a sausage biscuit, egg and cheese biscuit, small seasoned potatoes, and a medium hot coffee. But it's obvious which combo's the best: sausage biscuit and small seasoned potatoes. Well, maybe it's the fresh cracked egg and cheese biscuit with a medium hot coffee, or two savory sausage biscuits. Yeah, uh, whichever you pick, you can't go wrong. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new two for three dollar Biggie bundles. Limited time only. U.S. Price of participation may vary. Not available
0: in a combo. Single item at regular price.
1: To the biggest warranty, seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank, are you strong, are you tough?
3: Hello, my name is Abeku Agri Santana. If there's anything
1: that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still need chop better with Ecobank Mobile. No matter the time of day,
4: my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away.
1: And when my beautiful wife is in town, store and discover the smart way to
3: bank ecobank the pan-african bank
2: Welcome back to PM Express, and I'm grateful, gentlemen, for your time this evening. And uh, PM Express has brought to you, kind Ketzi, Syntax Tank. It is strong, it is tough, a more beaters experience greatness in every moment. And the Ghana AIDS Commission, uh, they are uh, supporting this program. So uh, Syntax Tank says no matter your water needs, Syntex Tank has it all. Syntex Tank is first to introduce double layer tank and now you can have as many layers as you want. Syntex Tank is first to introduce white inner layer tanks in Ghana. We now introduce to you the customer specs which lets you order any color and size of preference. Syntex Tank gives you the longest warranty of seven years, which no other tank gives you in Ghana. So, whatever your water consumption, size of project, or demand, choose Syntex Tank. We have agents nationwide. You can call Syntex on 0244 335 168 or shop online at SyntexGH.com. Syntex Tank, a strong, a tough. Let me begin with you, Dr. Etwahene. And we know that, uh, uh, right, I'm told Dr. Etuanhine is not available. I will then shift to you, Professor Buckman. We know that our external debt component, it's made of different components. And like I mentioned in my introduction, the commercial, the bilateral, the multilateral, and uh, the others. So from our bilateral creditors, um, Mr. Buckman, is it realistic that Ghana can get the go-ahead by end of this year from these creditors. Um, I want to use Zambia as a yardstick. And just before I came into the studio, I read an article that was published by Bloomberg saying that Zambia, Zambia's external debt restructuring is now imminent. And I know Zambia started its restructuring since 2021. If this story is anything to go by... What then is special about Ghana to think that we can get this done by end of this
5: year? Right. Thank you very much. Um, I think um, certainly if you look at...
0: If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. La emoción de la
1: libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.
5: So, the financing rule of external debt relief then is very significant. As you rightly pointed out during the introductory stage, if you look at the financing gap in balance of payment terms we are looking at something close to 11 billion dollars um, annually that, that translates today. to about um 3.5 billion dollars in terms of external debt relief and that's quite significant right now if you look at the program design you realize that without the external debt relief the program can only achieve well, limited. <laughs> and that is how important <laughs> this is. Now, if you look at the way the G20 common framework works, it's tied to an IMF supported program largely, right? And therefore, it is the understanding is that the success of the IMF supported program itself is also contingent on how the external de- or debt restructuring goes. So far, I will say that from the domestic end, government has made significant progress. In right. fact, if you look at the outlook now, it, it's it's coming across to me that government probably should be closing the chapter when it comes to domestic domestic debt restructuring, given the participation rate and all of that. I think we can make progress now. But what then is important is actually the external debt to the extent that in closing the financing gap the external debt relief is fundamental it was even a pro action because after staff level agreement was reached in december 2000 and 2022 december 12th the the delay in obtaining the financing assurance in itself um was the reason why we didn't get the program approval on time until when we obtained financing assurance in may 13 and eventually the program was approved on may 17. so that is where we are now the total external debt is everything is not up for restructuring we know that the multilateral component approximately 8.8 billion dollars of that is actually not um, up for restructuring both what we owe to the imf and the world bank and other multilateral institutions then it brings us to the external bilateral and then external commercial so external bilateral is world official creditor committee um is presiding over co-chaired by china and france right and then you also have the external commercial now you see that um because of the comparable Debt treatment among creditor type, then there's the need to to ensure that whatever or to a large extent, whatever that is agreed by the official creditor committee also provides inputs as to the level of um, the risk fraction of the external commercial. That is where uh, this whole thing, uh, that is how it's going to play out now already we can see some benefit from taking advantage of the D- G20 common framework because government uh, taking advantage of the debt service suspension clause, the fact that we haven't paid the coupon on our external debt so far, we have been able to accumulate some dollars which has also helped us in, in showing up our reserves and also offering some stability to the, to the, to the currency. But yes, given that um, uh, we need to Conclude the external debt restructuring in order to limit the uncertainty coming from that side. The focus now is a bit more on finishing the external debt restructuring. But we need to also situate this within a certain context. If you look at the whole essence of the G20 common framework, mm. it was more to get China on board, right? It was more to get China on board. The fine details and the methodologies and timelines with which we work with the g20 framework hasn't actually been ironed out and documented okay. right? so it, it it appears that there's a lot of uh learnings that has to be done and all of that remember that when it comes to debt restructuring and the rest of them it, it may be a new terrain also for china and then also how they integrate within the traditional western a uh, 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 framework of debt restructuring, all of that, is 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 a bit something that has to be carefully. Uh, 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 we have to navigate that carefully. We've seen the delays with Zambia and all of that, and it has been one of the major concerns about the the G20 common framework that it 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 it, it, um, it imposes on due delay, and whether IMF could then consider lending lending into arrears. Which will probably allow these countries to have briefing space and continue with. Uh, because really, you can't hold life back that way. And all that. So these are issues that um, I believe that um, uh, uh, this current um, uh, joint IMF World Bank meeting in Morocco would 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 put would, um, would prioritize. In in, in uh, before they are done, probably there will be a bit more clarity. Because when they gather. For this kind of meetings all the parties are available the meetings probably can move a little faster we saw again how it worked out in the case of ghana during the spring meeting in washington okay and therefore i want to believe that and already you remember the tweets from the imf managing director that she's quite hopeful that ghana will be able to scale the wall and get the next tranche of the of the IMF supported programme probably by the end of this year and all of that. Remember Ghana has, has been a poster boy of the IMF for a very long time. <laughs> True. There's uh, often the idea <laughs> <laughs> the idea that the IMF treats Ghana with kids' growth. And I'm sure Honorable Kojo Kuma will be happy about that, right? <laughs> because they have not stretched Ghana as much as they would have for other countries. I don't know, some way somehow Ghana sells, right? But again also uh, we also need to situate this within the context of the Global geopolitics and then geoeconomic fragmentation and all of that, right? Because you see that um perhaps the West, the traditional uh, Paris club creditors who prefer probably debt cancellation or something, but that that probably may not sit well with China. We need to also understand China, mm-hmm. right? They've been a big player on the continent, and therefore we need to properly recognize China. And I think at, a, at at some stage you get the impression that we are not really appreciating and recognizing China on the table that much, mm-hmm. as though we could just order them about here and there or something. Mm-hmm. But we should also bear in mind that in the new, if you look at the global geopolitics and geoeconomic fragmentation and this service that the policy China has also used in getting Africa to its side, more through debt. And trade diplomacy, you could see that the more the West the West pushes for debt cancellation, it may be interpreted to mean trying to win Africa from Africa uh, from China, mm-hmm. so we could go back to our um, traditional West and the rest of them. Because okay. remember that the word bond and bonds, the word bonds and bondage are from the same family word. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? So just as Bible says that just as A servant is a slave to the master, so it's a borrower, a a servant to the lender, Mm. one way or the other. So in all these dynamics, I think we need to appreciate the the global geopolitics and then the geoeconomic fragmentation Mm. playing out in the midst of all of this also. Mm -hmm. And for which reason we need to understand where China is coming from. Because whether we like it or not, you see, the the China's kind of lending is not like the, the West. Okay, true. For their lending largely there's underlying infrastructure. Yeah. Okay. And therefore, once there's underlying infrastructure, there's underlying cash flow, it's very difficult to push forward the argument that I'm not in a position to pay. Mm. And and all of that. So so we need to look at it within within context. But I also think that if you look at Ghana, we we probably are measuring on the minor. Because okay. if you look at our indebtedness to China, it should not, it's not that significant to hold us back, mm. really. Because one, $1.9 billion, in the scheme of things, of our total external debt, should mm. not be the reason why people should suffer unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, the West and the IMF should take a, another look. Otherwise, they may be weaponizing this whole debt relief arrangement in a way that endures more to their benefit within the global geopolitics and geoeconomic fragmentation, rather than the countries they are seeking to help. I think that is quite important.
2: Uh, and, and And, and And
5: to that extent, we need to understand where China is coming from.
2: Okay, and and thankfully, uh, I'm happy Kojo Ponkroma is joining us from that meeting in Morocco. I'll bring you in, uh, uh, Mr. Kojo Ponkoma, uh to tell us what exactly has uh, improved or what new is coming at this meeting, but I'll bring you in, Dr. Etouahine. Uh, I, I just want to find out from the commercial creditors' point of view, why haven't we been able to actually progress with the external restructuring? Hello, Doc. <laughs> All right, so we, we we seem to be having a problem with uh, Dr. <coughs> Dr. Tuahine's line. We'll try and fix it and bring him back. But uh, then let me bring you in, Kojo Pongkroma. So... Um, you, you heard what Professor Buckman uh, said, and he, he pointed out some um, areas that we shouldn't lose sight of. But first, government is actually optimistic it will get the buy-in of these creditors um, by end of this year to actually go for the next tranche and then the subsequent ones. But credit agent, uh, credit rating agencies, including Fitch, says that this will only be possible in the second quarter of next year. I mean, how do you intend to achieve this?
3: So for the next tranche, if you look at the, uh, may I say, the contract or the agreement um, for the program, the next tranche is dependent on passing the first review. And if you look at the KPIs that were set for us, We have um, passed that first review, and that's the reason for which we've signed the SLA uh, with the technical staff. And that SLA is now going to the executive board of the fund, and we're expecting that uh, before uh, the end of November, the executive board will give the approval so that the disbursement of that second tranche happens. But assurances were provided by our external creditors um, for the program, looking at the landing zone that we needed to uh, may I say, landing in and bring our debt from uh, the high levels of around 100% to the levels that we had agreed upon. And our external creditors provided financing assurances that they will work with us to achieve that. So um, now what we have to do is to achieve agreement with them. But I don't think that if you look at the fine print, that agreement is a condition precedent for accessing the next tranche. Now on the agreement, just like Professor Buckwind mentioned, is a new terrain for the entire world this framework that is being used uh to now look at you know debt uh, restructuring is essentially a new one and all of us the lenders and the uh, borrowers are prodding in the dark and are feeling our way and that's why there are no hard timelines that have been established anywhere so when you start to talk about delays i think we have to re-examine the question of delays because there are no hard timelines so it will be difficult to say there's a delay if there are no hard timelines. But what we've done is that we've separated our external creditors into two categories. The uh, official credit committee that is made up mostly of our uh, bilaterals and um, that is chaired jointly chaired by France and China. Traditionally, it was France and the Paris Club, but uh, because China has become such a dominant lender uh, on the global scene and because China is also not very used to the old ways of dealing with debt defaults, et cetera, This official credit committee is a good embrace that brings together China uh, and the uh, traditional lenders. They are on one side. We are finishing the data validation uh, with them, and then hopefully we will get um, an idea. We have an idea of the contours of the kind of agreement we want to reach with them, but we are finishing the data validation with them, and then hopefully they and their principals back home in their various uh, countries can come to some acceptance level to give us an approval before we head for an MOU with the um, bilateral guys under the OCC. And then you have our bondholders in various categories. And there as well, we have um, made an offer to um, uh, them and we've actually heard from uh, you know some of their subcategories. And the feedback both on the bondholder side and on the OCC side is pretty encouraging. That is what gives us the optimism that before the end of this year, we should have reached, and please listen to my words carefully so that we are not misquoted, before the end of this year, we would have reached a certain point of understanding with the uh, official creditors and uh, the eurobond holders. It doesn't mean that we're going to get an agreement properly so-called with them before the end of this year. But that in itself is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing because, A, we've already done the domestic Um, we think that we've been pretty successful with the domestic, and B, we are making progress with the external. And as these um, various rounds of negotiation go on and you find approvals being given by some of the key blocks, it gives a signaling effect to the fund that we are getting close to the agreement that we are looking for. And therefore, the fund is comfortable that the assurances that we're given are being uh, followed. So it's not a hard timeline No, it's not that if we don't finish this before um, December, the program is in despair or whatever. But no, we are not relenting. And we are pretty optimistic that the kind of feedback that we are getting from the external creditors, we will be on track as we uh, uh, are brought together. I think for us, the the critical thing, the critical thing is whether we are performing in accordance with the program KPIs. It's early days yet. And our problems are a lot. But for the criteria that was agreed between the fund and us for this first review, if I just may go over that criteria. The six quantitative performing criteria, the three indicated targets, and the three structural benchmarks. I think that we are pleased that we have been able to stick to it. Remember, there have been times when uh, Ghana has had programs and we've been slipping on some of the key, uh, you know, key performance indicators. So we are pleased that we are, we are starting off well. But it's too early for us to start applauding ourselves that – uh, you know, um, all is kosher. So, There's so, a lot more work that needs to be done to stay on track. Hmm. And the real headwinds, in my honest view, are yet to come. Uh, so we're on track now, but we have a lot more work to do.
2: On Friday, I had the uh, IMF boss, uh, jo- uh, Georgieva, Uh, Actually, saying that Ghana has done well with uh, our domestic debt restructuring, which Professor Buchman also alluded to. But I want to read this uh, from the Ghana Mission Chief, Stefan Rodet. He said, Just like we got the financing assurance before Ghana secured the IMF program, this financing agreement from the external Creditors, it's needed before the IMF board approves the first program review.
3: Not our understanding that the um, the hard MOU, and by the hard MOU, because it's not like all these countries are going to sign one document. Okay. I mean, if you think about the concept, mm-hmm. it's not like all of these countries and all these categories of bondholders are going to even sign one document. But what you are going to get is that, like I mentioned, you're going to get levels of progress, levels of agreement uh, with the key blocks. If you go into the official credit committee and like Professor Bobman was saying, uh, you can talk about China, but if you look at China as a percentage of the entire 29 billion bucket, um, it's a different ballgame. If you come to the eurobond uh, holders or the bond holders, you are talking about something around 13 billion. So it's not as though they are all coming together to sign one document you need some level of understanding and progress with them. That is what they are looking at. And if you look at the hard text of the um, uh, ECF that we signed, the uh, displacement of the second tranche is based on the executive board approval, and the executive board approval is based on the SLA, and so we believe we are on track towards that. But I think, like I said, for me, the real big deal, the elephant in the room, is not so much uh, getting a hard agreement in the next two, three weeks. It is about how we ensure that the the, the economy back home is uh, resilient and steady, despite the initial successes. Growth is doing better than we had programmed. Uh, there are critics who say that we shouldn't be too excited about that. I agree. Um, we've got to uh, look at some other aspects of growth that are job dense. If you look at what um, the uh, uh, government is doing now, putting together the growth. Uh, component of the 2024 plan, we're targeting that. So there's a lot of internal work that needs to be done. And I think that that's where our real attention and effort ought to be.
2: Okay. But there's another question that, uh, I mean, all of us have been asking. What are we looking out for from our creditors? Is is it to do a haircut on the interests or the principal?
3: Um, You know, in negotiations of this nature, I can't sit on TV and tell you some of the things that we are, uh, you know, discussing with them, especially because of, you know, some of the difficulties we've had back home with the domestic (laughs) debt exchange. But what we are looking to do is to reduce what prior to the program would have been the debt servicing obligation. We are looking to reduce that. And you may do that through a combination of um, methods. Those are the broad contours or the methods that we are discussing with them. Uh, In fact, there's one of the groups that has actually given us a counter offer. We can help you achieve the same end target you are looking for, but we will not take a cut on this particular part. We will rather take it on this part. But I can't sit on TV and give those details. I think the important thing is that um, the conversations are moving smoothly and we are optimistic. Remember that throughout this program, there was a lot of pessimism that we couldn't
1: Comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva RAM 1500, hecha para vivir. RAM es una marca
3: registrada de FCI USLC. So it took us, if I'm counting, what, about 10 months to uh, you know, uh, lock in the SLE. Uh, and like you rightly mentioned if you compare to other countries that even started before us i think the technical staff at the finance ministry the the, the team at the finance ministry the finance minister and the people leading the delegation done a very good job and we should have the confidence in them that they'll be able to manage this external uh, credit restructuring pretty well as well
2: one other thing that uh we've all also been worried about is the collateral uh, the collateralization or collateralized loans that we've we've had with uh, China, six hundred uh, and nineteen million dollars between two thousand seven and twenty eighteen. I'll come back to find out. Uh, I mean, how? Because we know the consequence in the event that we default. But let me bring in Dr. Etuahene, Doc. Um, my point is, why the delay? I mean, from the commercial creditors angle, I mean, why do you think that we've not been able to make you know, the kind of progress that we want with the external restructuring, the debt restructuring?
3: Um, Actually, Dr. Twain is not uh, on the line. but He's again, still not I, here. Yes. But...
2: Okay. Dr. Twain, can you hear me? Uh, I hear okay. he's on phone now. I can hear you. Sure. Please go ahead.
6: Yeah, what I'm saying is that if you listen to the Honorable Minister, Mr. Kujo Pongkoma, you can hear that. You know, when you're dealing with myriad of creditors, it is not just one person. You have to go through various systems and processes to get it all done. Mm-hmm. And it is not easy because you're talking about the Chinese. And for the Chinese, which Dr. Bobkin Bob alluded, they hardly do what you call the haircut. You possibly extend the period and reduce the interest as they did for the Zambians. And it takes a lot of time to get all the people involved. So that is why it's affecting the processes. And you know, the processes is not like the domestic where you can say, Jack, and people have to buy. This one, they have to assemble their team, do cost-benefit investment, profile and analysis, the loss of revenues and all those things before they come out. That's why it takes a little bit longer than the domestic. So the delays are part of the normal thing. I mean, this evening, the Bloomberg just told us that <laughs> Zambia has just almost completed what they started in 2021. They just said this evening. So maybe from where uh, the minister is sitting, that's why they always have to clap for themselves that they think they are running and getting the results. But it's taking quite a long time for the Zambians to get... What they needed, so all these process has affected slowness of the program, and it's going to slow it. It's not going to go easy for us to think that you can say that yeah, and get it so I'm not even optimistic about the end of the year. Maybe we'll go to the first half of the year 2024, four we'll get these agreements signed uh, we'll move to these the, the assurances that we'll get into the actual agreement and then the signing off, so that the three stages will be basically completed by all these external creditors. So that is what I would say for the time
2: being. Uh, you wanted to make a point.
3: I was just making the point about this concept of delay, that once you don't have hard timelines, mm. I think we should be, as we keep saying delay. Because if it's November and you don't meet it, then there's a delay. But if there's no November for you to meet, and you are going along the process, then uh, there's no delay. And then also the second point uh, uh, to make, the specific MOUs for the various classes, yes, I agree, you may sign some uh, next year. But what you need to do is to demonstrate significant pro- progress uh, as you are going through, to give the fund the confidence that the assurances that we given are being uh, uh, worked towards so that you can move along the progress. And that's what we are uh, keen to achieve.
5: So
2: talking about the collateralized uh, loans, Um, $619 million between 2007 and 2018. We know that in the uh, event that we default, uh, China will have access to our bauxite, cocoa oil, and also our electricity sales. And the question has been, how did Parliament allow such agreements to pass? Because this could be dangerous if we default.
3: Uh, collaterals have always been part of loan agreements, whether it's for private sector or for sovereigns, uh, for a while now. So that in itself is not strange. If you recall the the, the Bui Dam, for example, and many other deals that we have done, there are many loans that we have taken based on um, collateral. The Bui Dam, I think, was collateralized with part of our cocoa proceeds, et cetera, a cyanohydro, part of our bauxite, et cetera. So in itself, is not a strange thing. The second thing is that Yes, if you default, technically under a collateral agreement, if you default, then the creditor has access to that particular asset with which you uh, secured that transaction. We do not expect to have a default. That is why we are restructuring. So that if our obligation, for example, was to pay $200 million a year to creditor X, we don't expect to default. That is why, or we don't want to default. That is why we are going through a process of renegotiating to bring down... That repayment obligation, for example, to say 100 million, which we can afford, and once we are affording that 100 million, then we are not defaulting. So it is not as though when we restructure, and by the restructuring terms we are not meeting the old payment thresholds, then we have defaulted. No, once we restructure, the new repayment threshold or the new debt servicing threshold is the one that applies, and then when we are meeting that, we have not defaulted, and therefore we don't run the risk of losing any of our assets. I recall initially if you look at the ECF, there were some publications that suggested that we have uh, uh, given away our uh, you know, uh, assets as a result of the ECF. But over time, I think we've all realized that th- uh, those were false narratives that were being pumped into the Ghanaian ecosystem. Yes, we have collateralized loans. Yes, we expect to restructure some of those as part of this external debt restructuring. And yes, when this restructuring is done, it is the new repayment thresholds that will apply so that we don't default
2: well we pray that we don't default because this we all do
5: restructuring
2: we don't want to get here but, but <laughs> professor bokbi what, what, what's our reality i mean i mean it is government's word against some of the like credit rating agencies and people like you what is our reality
5: okay thank you very much there's something uh, honorable Kujo Kumas has just said that uh, is a bit comfortable for me Okay. I have heard a view before that and I haven't seen it anywhere. Maybe I've not read the document well enough. I haven't seen anywhere where it is stated that reaching an agreement with the external creditors is a precondition to we getting the second trance. Okay. So 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 when I saw that statement from the mission chief, mm. I think on my joy online or so, yeah, I, I, I became a bit quiet because from, from all my uh, work and insight and all of that I haven't really I, I never came across something like that and actually uh, last month I was in UK I interacted with some of the um, um, reps on the official creditor committee we've had some kind of engagement and also with the external commercial <laughs> and all of that and 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 I've put these things across a, a couple of times whether it's really a precondition and and the answer was no so, so, and again, when you read the agreement, I agree with Honorable Kujo upon Kuma, unless there are other things behind the scene, that probably is not in, in, in the public purview, for which reason this is a precondition. Uh, other than that, I, it has been my considered view that if you look at the structural benchmark, the indicative target, and the rest of them, uh, in the first review, these are largely low-hanging fruits. And therefore, as a country, we should be able to meet those targets and get the next tranche of the IMF supported program. But that said, I can understand why now the attention is on the external debt restructuring because if you look at the program financing arrangement in balance of payment terms, the financing gap, which has to be closed from external debt uh, restructuring removed, is that huge. Okay, annually, that translates to about $3.5 billion or so. So what that tells you is that if if we don't make progress from there, then it means that there's a lot of risk and headwinds. And for which reason, you can see that given that the government is doing eight parts with fulfilling the internal conditions or benchmarks under the program, we are largely done with the domestic debt restructuring. Of course, in the next two and a half years or so, our uh, projections, we are likely to come back to the table. I know Honorable may not agree with me now, but we can leave that for another day <laughs> because of the way we've done it. If you do the cash flow projecting for the country in terms of GDP growth, because we are not growing taxable GDP that much, right? Uh, we, we, we need to have more of job-rich growth and the rest of them. So the kind of growth we are having, even though it's positive, is not sufficient, right? And that will have implication for really... Uh, uh, because it's not every aspect of GDP and its redistribution that is taxable. And yeah. that is why I, say, I mean, For example, to, I mean, uh, if you are GDP. growing
3: um, agriculture heavily, it will count as GDP, but you may not necessarily be able to tax it. So, yeah, yeah. I agree with the uh, Prof.
5: And that is why now we are moving from just, from not only agriculture to agribusiness and agro process. We are linking the entire value chain. Then that way you make your GDP a bit more taxable. So that is where we need to focus. And then when we have job-rich growth, decent wage, employment, and the rest of them. Yes, that is what we should be looking at. Then in that case, we're not building the faithful few. So if you do the cash flow projections, through to 2027, 2028, you will see that the country may not be in the position when the debt repayment begins to cluster along those lines. But, of course, if we see what comes out at day in day with the external debt restructuring, then we are able to throw in all the numbers and we will have some certainty in terms of where we are in terms of debt sustainability. So that is where we are. So I also think, and I support Honourable upon Kuman's statement that we're getting the next tranche of the IMF supported program, the 600 million. I think that is largely controllable. Okay, and therefore, because I haven't seen anywhere that is actually tied to we signing an agreement. Okay, and, and as, as it has been indicated, remember these countries that are represented on the official creditor committee are also acting on behalf of their taxpayers, mm. right? So they also need to report back and all of that. So certainly we should anticipate back and forth and rest of the But Of course, as uh, we have all been told, there are not clear timelines. The G20 framework itself is also evolving and all of that. So it, 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 it yes, of course, we can also say delay because reasonability would also come into play here. Of course, in the case of Zambia, elections, change of government and all of that also played a role. At some point, they focused a bit more on Zambia trying to Close the deal on that. My understand is that the official creditor committee will now focus a bit more attention also on Ghana. Remember, in all of this, I am uh, Ghana is the preferred child of the IMF, right? In Ghana and IMF is like marriage made for each other. Okay, <laughs> so certainly the IMF managing director also has that extra interest in ensuring that. Ghana is able to scale the work.
2: All right. I have just one minute, and let me give that to Dr. Etwa briefly. Doc, um, uh, Professor, Buckingham made a point, a very valid point, about how careful we should be so that these creditors do not weaponize the debt relief. I mean, how careful enough can we be so we don't get into their trap? Briefly. I think, thank
6: you very much, Aisha. I think Professor Buckingham made a very, very important point. The, the gap, the, the BOP gap, and if the IMF is going to provide you about $5 billion, I think 4 point something billion, what are we going to do? We need about 15 How are we going to solve the, 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 the differences of that? So it goes on to support that. We should target areas where we can grow the economy. I mean, we should grow the economy by through diversifying. And to reduce our dependency on these foreign exchange that is draining the country. If we do that, the DOP itself may address itself. And again, what I'll ask the minister, and it's a good opportunity to get him now. You, Honorable Kujo, I think you should go back and look at Botswana renegotiating of minerals, the DDS agreement. I've done a work, Mr. The Honorable, I've done a work. Last year, I think one of your ministers quoted that we got 6.6 billion for gold. Honourable, it is only 862 million, which was captured in the the balance of payment. So I was wondering, where is this 5.6? I know investors coming, so that is why I am advising you that you get a team, and we have a trim, dilatrim people here, to begin to negotiate with some of the minerals, the minerals who are taking, you, you, you mine 6.6, and you take 6.3. That is why you hear that Ghana is a friendly, a investor-friendly country, because they are exploiting us. I think DBS, Anglo-DBS in uh, Botswana, was doing a similar thing. This year, they have changed a strategy that do it or leave it. Go to
2: 30%, up to 40%. And I, I'm, I, I'm sure uh, uh, Mr. O'Ponkroma has taken some notes from Dr. Etwahine, but unfortunately, he that's he how time done. will allow us. I'm grateful, gentlemen, for your time. Professor Bokman, Dr. Etwahine, and Kojo O'Ponkroma, thank you so much. My name is Aisha Brian. Do enjoy the rest of our programs. Uh-huh.